Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. All right, let's, uh, let's do Acts 12, since I'm sure you've never heard me do anything out of the New Testament. <laughs> but it is a new year, so most of the time people just show up with First and Second Samuel, because I'm going to do something from there. I know it's just a calendar has turned the page, but I really believe there is a, a spiritual thing this year for me in this. I am ready for a new year. I am ready to see what what God is is going to do, and uh, I'm really going to make hell pay for the last year. So, <laughs> all right, Acts 12, Lord. Will you just uh, help me today? Say this through me like you said this to me. In Jesus' name, come move, Holy Ghost. Acts 12, verse 1. It was at about this time that King Herod arrested some people who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. And he had, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he also, he proceeded to seize Peter also, and this happened during the f festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of soldiers each. And Herod intended to bring him out for a public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. In the night before Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. Sentries stood guard in the entrance, and suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. And the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Oh, man, give me a couple of these. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened by itself. And they went through it. And when he had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him and Peter came to himself. Now I know, without a doubt, the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. There's a lot more I want to read, but uh, I'm just done reading. So, um, Cleveland Public Schools. <laughs> so, um, James has already been beheaded and the religion of that day can see this is going to make people happy if we ruin everything. Well, let's just wait for the Passover before we kill anybody else. How sweet is that? Try not to kill anybody during the holiday. They never been to Christmas at the Schreckengast house, evidently, because <laughs> Christmas brings out the worst in them folk. Um, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they're just in this place, and they're about to wipe out Peter. And Peter is guarded by four squads of soldiers. Now, I don't know about you, 
But I feel like I've had four squads of soldiers guarding my destiny. And I feel like it's time for them squads of soldiers to be removed. It has been some trying times. You know, they lied to me when I got saved, cousin. Bunch of liars. I showed up in my best army coat. Long hair, flowing locks. Smell like dirty bong water. I was just a kid, you know. It was just a mess. I come from a mess. My mother's a prostitute. My father's a drunk. My brother was already killed. Uh, blew his head off down there. He's a heroin addict. And somewhere in all that, God had a prophet. God had a call. Because it doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is where you're heading. And I went to that church, you know, and, and they said, if you come up here and get saved, it's going to be so easy. God's going to... Liars! <laughs> this is the hardest thing in the world. Serve Him. Live for Him. Don't bow. Raise a standard. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Don't just be a worker at some factory who is a Christian. Be a Christian who happens to work at the factory. So these four squads of soldiers need to be overrun by my 30 squads of angels. Although it only took one angel here. I've experienced some repeated attacks. But the past has taught me a lot. You know, um, I, I, I lost 68 pounds this year. What concerns me about that is I'm still this big 68 <laughs> pounds later. Um, <laughs> I didn't really didn't mean for that to be funny. Um, no, <laughs> of course I did, man. Of course I did. You know, uh, I pray, oh, God. Could you come and help me see? Because I deal with a lot of people, you know, that are messed up because it helps me to be with people that are more messed up than me. And so that's not the case. And so I just feel like that's where the word of the Lord works, man, is in the street and in, in the bar. And, um, and uh, um, I swear I'm trying to get some people set free. You know, if you've got a drinking problem, probably don't go preach with me at the bar. I don't go minister at Dairy Queen. <laughs> so you ain't going to hear about Shrek. Oh, Shrek done run off with some woman. You know, he's out doing crazy. You ain't going to hear that. But you might find me in the back of a Dairy Queen with a double dip chocolate brownie. <laughs> you see me going there, I'm going to preach, Bobby. Come on, we know better than you. I'll be scratching like I got to get my queen on. I tried to take the queen to the king to the queen for years, but I ain't the one. <laughs> See, you can't get set free if you stayed to these same guards that have got you in prison. That's right. That's right. See, it seems so much more palatable to let me up here, you know, when I'm at my biggest. I got up to like a Macy's float size there. I'm not talking about you. You do your thing. I'm trying to get into heaven under 250. It's going to be a photo finish at this point. <laughs> Praying for a Pinocchio so I could make. Oh, that's funny, Bobby. I'm usually not this funny in the mornings. 
I do like me. Well, he likes himself. He, I do really like me. Peter's in prison and the church is praying and he's got chains to his wrist and he's between two soldiers. He's chained to these people and he's fallen asleep. This is the night before he's about to be killed. And all through the house, not a creature. Wrong story. (laughs) And the angel shows up. And the light hits the room. And he's still sleeping. And you can be chained so long to the same things and the same people that when revelation shows up, you refuse to wake up. Because it's easier to stay who I was than become who I'm called. I, it hurts to not eat pizza. John and I used to go to this pizza. There's a pizza. What's that? Pizza King? You got friends that don't believe in Jesus? Right. There's a God. You get some of that on your forehead, your tongue would slap your brain out. Just trying to get it. Taste that pizza. God did this. That's a good pie. But I can't roll up in there. I'm, I can't tell these guys they can get set free from heroin if I can't get free from Pizza King. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I have got my stuff. And you know, you can hang all the trees around you you want, but it still smells, man. Capiche. Peter is so bound and so used to being bound when the angel shows up and the light comes in. So I have blackout curtains at my house because I'm a musician and I'm, I'm up late a lot. And um, people come to my house late. I've never had anybody delivered at noon. <laughs> but at three and four in the morning when the dope man's out and the bar's closed, they're all at my house. Like, Will you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, I guess you're in my living room because... <laughs> we got to get you delivered and home because I've already lost my TV to your brother. <laughs> Peter, if that was a joke, I would laugh, but his brother already got me. These guys come to my house and get set free that night, and in the morning they got the scratch, and I come up, I wake up in the morning, my TV's gone, the couch is gone, deliverance is gone, and i got to go to somebody else's house to watch SportsCenter on my TV. <laughs> He hits Peter in the side because Peter's just become so comfortable. Man, brothers and sisters, this is a great place. This is one of the friendliest places I've, I've ever been. Y'all are nice to me, to my face, every one of you. Very kind, very kind to me. Um, but we can never lose the presence of God. Seeing them take time today to have the worship team play and then the prayer team up here and Announce that we're going to pray for people. I can't tell you. We've got to, we've got to raise the standard. There's places telling me we want you to come on Sunday morning, but we don't pray in tongues from the pulpit. And we don't prophesy. I know I probably shouldn't mention this stuff, but I'm only here once every couple of years. So. <laughs> I'm like, you don't prophesy? I can't prophesy? No, we don't want to scare the people. What kind of prophecy is going to scare the people? A bad one. 
But one from God's going to be like, woohoo! Well, we don't want to pray in tongues. The people might get confused. What, what do you want me to come for? This is my sling and my stone. All I have is Holy Ghost. And if he doesn't give us something, what are we doing here? Let's at least play bingo and raise some money or something. Because we have got to have a move of God. We cannot allow it to die. I don't know what has happened. You try prayer. When the pastor E walked in, we were walking, praying in tongues. I was like, oh man. It's been two or three years since I had a pastor come in and just want to walk around and pray in the Holy Ghost with me. What's happening, man? Full gospel doesn't mean the building's full. If the building's full, that's a byproduct. Thank God for it. I pray that for you. I pray that you overflow. But man, we got to get some people saved and show them the gifts and the power of the Holy Ghost. Because nothing will turn the world upside down like somebody who doesn't know they're not allowed to prophesy. You get a couple of them cowboys rolling up in here. Hey, God, give me a word. No, we don't do it. Well, I got it anyway. That'll cancel your Christmas candlelight service right there. I can't sleep through this visitation, brother. I spend hours every day with him. I know a lot of people have jobs and can't, but I'm just not so much with the jobs. And so... <laughs> I get, try to get in the presence of God. I try to hear from Him. People are calling all day. Dude, I'm telling you, thousands of people come to Jesus from Skype to the local bar. I'm telling you, the ministry's changed. There's not a lot of places left that say, Come, Pastor, he said, just do what the Holy Ghost says do. I said, could you just say it again? Maybe we should record this. Peter, get up. The revelation is enough to, isn't enough to wake him up. So the angel goes over and hits him in the side. I think this is, I don't have all this yet because I just got this. I had five messages this morning. He says, just do one. I says, all right. <laughs> so I don't really have all this together yet, but why? He hits him in the side. Why not the feet, the head, the hands? I just started thinking about all the great things that come out of a man of God's side when he's asleep. Peter, I'm about to pull something out of you. I'm going to make a creation out of you. I'm going to hit you in the side, Peter. The revelation's in front of you. You can sleep through it if you want to, but you're going to know you've been bruised. I've wrestled with God. But why do they strike Jesus in the side? Something is about to come out. I believe out of the body of Christ, there is about to be a move of God that's going to look different. It's going to come out of the side. It's going to just blow out. It's going to be one of those things where you say, well, we're, we were headed this way, and then all of a sudden, out of the side came this ministry to people. I saw it on you when I was standing next to you, goatee guy, lunch guy. When I was standing next to you, it looked like you were on some kind of safari. And I saw the Lord have uh, families. Men are going to come to your side to learn how, some kind of trip. And it's woodsy. I'm not a woodsy guy, okay? We have a tree in my block. But this is a, a, wood, a woodsman, a woodsman for Christ. 
and I see it on you, this hunting trip camp thing for men and their families. There is a healing for families in this, in this family. So God's, God's brought you here. I, I don't know how to hunt or fish. I don't want to know. Thank you. Um, I don't want to. I, uh, I don't mind a drive-by shooting, but I'm not touching a fish. Um, <laughs> I, I had met this girl, and she was a Holy Ghost honey. She had the presence of God on her, beautiful lady. And uh, we, were, we were talking, you know. I don't have too much game left, you know. So, so okay, I don't have any game left. <laughs> and uh, she says, uh, well, maybe we could go fishing. I went, um, I got a coupon. I got two for one fish fillet down here at McDonald's. Because you can eat them both because I ain't, you know, I'm not a. F- she says, no, I'll teach you how to bait a cricket. I said, sister, I don't think I can ever see you again because I don't even know what that means, but I'm not touching crickets either. Um, feet don't. God keeps putting me in these situations where stuff bleh, that I can't handle is on me. And he's making me the man he called me to be because he's forcing me to deal with me. I'm in this one church, and this pastor's up there snapping his fingers at people. Hey, hey, you. <laughs> and I thought, you know, he's just trying to get somebody's attention at first. Then it dawns on me, he is mean. Doesn't It went quiet here. I should have stayed on the other jokes, but I can see that I just hit Peter in the side. And this guy's snapping, you. And I'm like, oh, Christ Jesus. Will you let him snap at me? Because I'm going to help him right here. Christ Jesus. What in the world's going on? These are God's people. We're not celebrities. We're servants. You can't treat these people like this. What's wrong with you? So I sat down. He says, so in front of everybody. Probably should have got the offering for this part. But he says, you act like you don't like this. He, he asked me. He asked me. Uh, he says, no, what's the problem? Here I come to save the day. I'll mighty mouse you up. I'm like, who do you, I'm like, who do you think you're talking to, cousin? I'm, meet you by the dumpster. I thought, this can't be, man, talking to God's people like this. This isn't revelatory. This microphone don't make me better than you, my God. The only difference between us is this microphone. We are God's people, every one of you, revelatory agents of God. People able to hear we have Holy Ghost. We have to get back. The the priest comes out of the holy place. He's wearing a robe. It's got pomegranates and bells and pomegranates and bells. He doesn't just have bells, all gifts. He's got pomegranates. He's got fruit. We can't just walk around with our prophetic gifts. They're great, but they don't give us a right to treat people ugly. The greatest of these is love. Brother, for every prophecy, you got to have a fruit. For every gift, there needs to be a fruit. You heard him before you seen him. Here he comes. Ding, 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 ding. But man, he's got fruit everywhere. He's got a bell. He's got a fruit, Peter. Your 
your fruit is about to pay off for you. You've been a brand new priesthood. The angel kicks him, and he says, get up. And when he stands up, the chains fall off. You're not going to lay there and they fall off and you're going to be, oh, okay, I'm okay now. Somebody got to get up. You got to get up out of, out of your mess. I said, brother, I, I, every time I'm with these guys, I, I keep getting high. Do you have a word for me? Yep. Don't get with them guys. Uh, Bob, every time my, the girl says to me, every time my boyfriend and I are together, you know, we end up in an intimate situation. And did you have a word for us? Yep. Don't get together. What a great prophet. You needed someone strong. Brothers and sisters, we're blaming the devil for stuff we can take out ourselves. Satan does not put that pizza on me. He, in fact, when I get in that situation, you know, Satan has, he feels like, well, I don't even need to fool Shrek. He's going to take himself out. I got to be, sir. I owe it to him. I owe it to him. I've already outlived my uncles and cousins and all, and all this. I want to show the curse breaks with me. The curse breaks with me. I've fought poverty. I've seen the line of addiction in my family. My dad's side, they're all huge. Daddy, Daddy it was like an eclipse when he walked in the room. Some would go down. Daddy's home, shoulders broad, had hands like a loaf of bread. He was so thick. Daddy died of cancer, 118 pounds. I want to break that curse too. I, I want to be the curse breaker in my family tree. Verse 8, he tells him, Peter, put on your clothes and your sandals. Get on the stuff. Get out of the prison garb. They've stripped him down in here. Lay him between two guards and chained him. But when he stood up, the guards didn't stand up. And the chains couldn't keep up. They fell straight down and he said, he didn't know what to do. It's been so long since I've been set free. I don't know how to act without these chains. Go get yourself dressed, boy. Get that presence of God on you. Hallelujah. Somebody got to get the presence back in their life. Be the key to the service. You know, when I got saved, I was at a small little church, man, and uh, just a storefront, like five people. And all the women wore their hair like Marge Simpson. And um, it was a, you weren't allowed to go to movies, but the night I got saved, they showed a movie. So I'm still in counseling for that. But man, I got saved. I mean, I got, I got saved. I don't want to give this up, cousin. I love this life. It is hard. It's so much, it's so much easier to be with all these knuckleheads because I'm a knucklehead. But Christ is the anti-knucklehead device. He is trying to get me set free. Put on the presents, Bob. Put on your clothes. Get your sandals on. And Peter did so. And then he said, pick up your cloak. Get your mantle, wrap it around yourself, and follow me. And Peter put on that mantle. Folk, get back in your mantle. Be the key to the service one day. That great big tall guy, he had a word from the Lord. You in the back, go to burgundy shirt. Wave your hand, great big tall burgundy. A real prophet would know your name. But 
<laughs> this here is discount prophecy. <laughs> and uh, that guy's got a father's heart on him. He's a coach and a mentor. It's all over you. You got a gift on you to dream, to vi- to visualize, and to have men come to you, put in front of young men visions. A money saver, a money maker, an investor is upon your life. I tell you in the name of Jesus, carry your cloak. It may not look like pulpit ministry, but this is where we went wrong. We thought to be ministers, we had to be in the pulpit all the time. The truth of the matter is, I get way more people saved out of the pulpit system than I ever have in the pulpit. We thought we had to change and change our clothes. I wore suits and had shiny shoes, and we all talked like this, praise God. Glory to God. Everybody turned into Sean Connery when we hit the pulpit. The penitent man, the penitent man. I'm going to die because my son's an idiot in the other room. The pen- That's really pretty good. The penitent man. What happened to us? You see him at Walmart later. They're like, hi, guys. I'm like, where's the penitent? Where's Sean Connery at? Their voices change. You're all different. We blame that on the anointing. I don't want to be like you. This is it, man. I am not. Dude, one of the greatest fields I got. So uh, I'm doing comedy clubs now. You wouldn't know that by your response today. But um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I've been doing these comedy clubs. I'm not the main guy. I'm not even the guy before the main guy. I'm the guy when you're like hanging up your coat and ordering nachos and stuff. But I got like four minutes and then a red light comes on, um, much like that red light uh, Pastor T is flashing at me now. Um, but uh, uh, I just go up there and, and I'm like, all right, we're going to have a great show tonight. And then at the end of the night, when they're selling CDs, I'm going to tell everybody's future in the hallway. Right, I know, it's terrible. <laughs> I have no sense. I have like three churches left, uh, counting this one today. And, um, and so I am so fulfilled in this. So uh, they come out to me about two hours later, 50 pretty drunk people come up to me. You can't tell my future. And they hand me their hand like I'm going to read their palm. I just put my hand in theirs, and Holy Ghost, would you give me something for this guy right now? Your sister who drives that orange truck, he's like, she does have an orange truck. How do you know? Jesus knows everything. And when they find out I'm doing it by Jesus, they're like, oh, I heard about him. You know what I mean? And you can't believe how many are in this world away from God who are just looking for one of us to put on our cloak. We get out of our prison. Let's go get somebody out of their prison. I can't walk without this mantle. I can't do a service without being able to pray for somebody or, or prophesy. Or she, I, Don't tell me on the way to the pulpit. On the way to the pulpit. Oh, by the way, we don't pray in tongues on the pulpit. What am I going to do today? Like, Why did you invite me? The guy says, Bob, your stories are so funny. I'm like, what? Why don't you go hire Bobo the Clown? He'll show up in floppy shoes and squirt water out of a petunia. And I can stay at St. Mattress because I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed to go to this church. I am not getting out of bed to go be bored. I need you to challenge me. I need you to bring that song that makes me go, well, why is he getting that? I never got that. I heard that kid playing guitar. I'm like, 
well, who's he think he is? That sounds better than what I'm doing. I feel like the glory of God's on that kid. And then the drummer dude's got all over it, and I'm like, I'm going to have to get to my knees here. Is there carrying something? I'm not carrying. You've got to push me. You get in the presence of people that will push you. You get in the presence, not where you're the one who carries the word. You're the one like, man, these people are in a place that I have not got to. And it makes your chains fall off. I'm old-fashioned, man. I'm, old, I'm old-fashioned. I've known you all a long time. But there's no way. If we was, we was hanging out one day, and I said, let's go pray. And Mike said, all right, I'm going to stop down here and get gas. Y'all two go ahead in the church and pray. That ain't never going to happen. Not because there's a chance of something happening between me and this lady. But I am never going to let the enemy say something about this work. You have to understand this. You have to understand this. The enemy wants to capsize us. The enemy will do anything, and he will do it through the religion. Peter is thrown in jail because it pleased religion. Man, if we get these religious people on our side, we're going to be great, and Herod's going to kill them the next day. Brother, I've had people say against me, and I can no longer even let my good be even remotely evil, evil spoken of. I've got to make a way. So this guy says to me, why don't you come and stay here? We just make a room for the prophet here at our ministry. And um, you'll be here and people come throughout the night to pray and so forth. And I'm like, I can't do that. Because what if I'm here and some lady comes in? And uh, I like girls, by the way. Um, and so... <laughs> um, I'm not setting myself up. I can feel like I'm treading on something here. Let me discern right through this, people. I'm old-fashioned like this. I can't believe that living the Word is called old-fashioned. Like, I'm in this one service, and Katz is laying in the floor, and a girl's on this shoulder, and the other girl's laying on this. I'm like, what's going on right here? Um... Well, the Holy Ghost fell, and I grabbed him by the feet, and I'm going to Holy Ghost help you, because you're not going to lay in this floor at my house with the girl upon you. In the name of God? You say, well, they're out in the Spirit. Well, good, they won't know that I'm dragging them across the floor then. <laughs> Tell them how they got this carpet burned in the morning. Do I sound ugly? Because I don't mean to. What I mean to sound is a man with a covenant. I want to be a rubber approach. It is so important to me, man. It is so important to me. I want to keep it right. It's hard to keep it right. So you don't need the enemy giving you unnecessary warfare. You don't need this. Whew, I don't know who I'm talking to. Probably me. But I'm still not going fishing or hunting with you because I can see you, Safari Jones. That's a great name. I don't know what that means, but I wish I could grow them things. Um, pick up. I'm almost done. As far as you know, it's almost over. Somebody got to get up, get their mantle back on, and get back in your calling. You say, but I fell. Fell is past tense. How long are you going to stay in your failure? Well, I failed in front of these people. We can go somewhere else. <laughs> go down the street. Get to a different place. Get down there. Get to the store. 
I'm dangerous at Walmart for the devil. <laughs> Just get your life right. There's no greater testimony than if you fell in front of me and then we pick it up and you put it back together. You say that everybody out here, you say, well, everybody knows my testimony. Well, you live in Newcastle. I found out everybody here seemed like they know everybody. I told a guy in Pendleton last night, I'm going to that church. Is that one out there by that corner store, 200, in that way? I'm like, I, th I think, what? I think, yeah. Oh, everybody knows them. Everybody knows you. You think hell doesn't know you? And hell wants to wipe you out. The light is shining. Please don't sleep through this. No more sleepy time tea. It's time to wake up. You, you got to have a mess in order to have a miracle. You can't get a miracle without your mess. So if you got a mess today, you qualify for a miracle. Hallelujah! I know the confession crowd hates me to say that. I don't have a mess. I got a mess. And Holy Ghost, you're going to have to come and get me out. The most frequent word I hear from the Lord is not, oh, Bob, you good little prophesier, yo. Good, yo. Good. Never. It's usually, you idiot, you know. I didn't put you in this mess, but I'm going to be the one to bring you out, Pastor. you got to stop thinking you're going to get through this thing perfectly, man. There's one perfect one. He's the one we serve. Can I hear amen? Verse 10, they passed the first and second guards, and they don't even see him because he's walking in his mantle. I am convinced that when we stay in our mantle, bro, I had stuff happen to me this year. Folk that I loved died, and plans that I had died. I was held up at gunpoint at the ATM. I don't know if you heard that gun ratchet behind your head before, but it makes me do like this. And, uh, they, they took everything I had, both dollars. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, uh, man, it was, it was a hard year. But I've, been, I've fought the bully on the block before because I'm from around the way. <laughs> and I've had some chiclets knocked out of my mouth before too. But the look on the bully's face when you stand back up, spit out a mouthful of blood and a couple twofers, and the look in his eye, that thing right there is about to go down because I've got back up. I, it's not how many times you fell. It's how many times you got back up. Do I have any people out there ready to get back up? Somebody with some sandals. Somebody with a call. Somebody with, a, with, an, with an anointing. They passed through the first and the second guards, and then they got to the city gate, and the gate opened by itself. I think this is awesome, man. I don't know if you've ever been locked down. We definitely should have got the offering before this. But I've had a few occasions where I got in trouble. The first time I was preaching the gospel, I was about January 7th will be 40 years I've been preaching the gospel. 40 years. I started as 13, you know. And, um, and, so, and so I was uh, preaching. My pastor wouldn't let me preach because, you know, I had the word of God, but he wouldn't let me preach. And so um, 
He said, well, why don't you go down to the street corner? There's all kind of people down there. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, so I saved up, and I got one of them bullhorns. I was that kid. I had long hair when I got saved. You know, my hair is just poker straight, right? Maybe you noticed. And um, the night I got saved, they just shaved it. Like this lady came out of the back. Woo, woo, she's got clippers in hand. I'm under the glory, woo. Young man, we're going to help you look like a Christian. I was like, I would have let him shake, take my nose off. I was so saved. <laughs> she got, and I looked like Mo with a, my thing had gone crooked or something. I was like, hallelujah, do I look saved? I went home, my dad went, the heck happened to you, boy? <laughs> got in a fight with a Toro dealer. <laughs> but I was down there preaching on the street corner, man, people getting saved. And this dude had, like, silk hammer pants on and no shirt and a vest, which I'm not fond of at all, by the way. And, um, and he's got bald head but one long lock of hair like this. And he's dancing and he's, Krishna, Krishna, he's dancing around. And he, he grabs a sword, and he goes, time to die. And he goes like this, and I just yell, which in tongues is, God help me, there's a man without a shirt about to sword me. What a way to go by a shirtless man. I like girls, and so... I know. I'm terrible. I know it. I know it. I try not to do it like this, but this is Bob Treckengast. Do you understand that? I, thank you, sir. I, I want you to understand this. For years, I was, I was Kenneth Copeland. Well, glory to God. That kind of sounds Copelandish. And then I was Bishop Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Then I was, I was Joyce Meyer for a little bit. I need work. I know. I was in bad shape there. But... What I'm saying is I tried to be all these other ministries. And, and it was almost like saying, God, what you gave me wasn't enough. And not everybody's called to what I do. Thank God. The guy says to me, oh, I'm so glad I don't go to your church. I'm like, man, am I glad you don't come. Man, I couldn't deal with you not liking me every week, cousin. Just peace. Go with God. But please, Go. With God, but I just want to try to get somebody set free. I want to carry a crazy word. Something when they hear it, that well, that, I don't think that's God. Oh, I love that response so much. Then that five years later, they're like, oh, that's what that thing meant. You know, it has nothing to do with me. I don't have the, your future. Our God has it. I've been coming to this church for a decade, and I still use GPS. I can't find my way anywhere. It's all about the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to take your money yet. That comes a few minutes. But what a, it's an offering jab there. Where is he now? Oh, yeah, he's going to work with you guys. But that in my joy, chopped liver. Almost done. Trying to land it. And Peter came to himself, and he said, this angel leads him down the, this road. And verse 11, then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know the Lord is with me. When that Krishna guy came at me, he froze in his tracks. For hours he stood. This was the first time I knew the Lord was with me. And he's standing there, shirtless, hand 
froze to the sword, sis. Thank God. That day God used Satan's messenger to be a sign that the Father was still protecting his people. The police came. This is my first lockdown. The police came and took all of us. Girls that, that worked on those corners had gotten saved and were, it was a mess. It was a beautiful mess. It was a beautiful, not a beautiful mess. <laughs> They're laying in the ground, snow's flying, police on horses and a shirtless man. And I'm 13 with a bullhorn. Wah, 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 Charlie Brown. Because I didn't have nowhere to go but there, but I had a call. And a pulpit is available wherever you are. I'm carrying something, and I learned that day, although I've joined staffs and have pastored with only a few fatalities, but have proved that I am not a pastor. I honor you all and how you can do it, but you have got to pick up your mantle and take it and say, how does my mantle fit under the folds of the robe of this place? What can I do? How can I be? Where can I be used? And if you get the street corner, I always thought, would it have been something to be in the hospital where that frozen Krishnaite was and he's laying in bed like this? What happened to you? Well, <laughs> Peter came to himself and the angel is gone. Mike, I pray we never come to ourselves. Brother, we can't get so much order we lose the Holy Spirit. I watched the way it worked here today. I usually have my eyes closed, but I, I risked an eye. You see. And I saw how you're letting Holy Ghost move without chaos. I, I tend to be a bomb of chaos. I know that. But you have to understand, I'm not trying to get the saved more saved. I love the body of Christ. I love to release the future and the fortune to the body of Christ. But I tell you, in Jesus' name, the spirit of prophecy is alive in the street. Thousands came to Jesus this year. I mopped the floor at St. Augustine's Catholic on West 14th Street. They won't let me preach there. So I mopped the floor. Sister Anandios fed uh, 31,000 people on Thanksgiving from six locations. What are you doing with the Catholics? Anything I can, man. My brother was shot at the end of that street. And now hundreds of men come to Jesus every month preaching the gospel. What church do they go to? You know, dude, I don't rightly know how to fix all that because I have a four-seater and uh, when 35 men get saved at the mission, all I know to do is give them my phone number or Bible and see if we can't keep going there. I think we got to let Holy Ghost do some of this work. The first thing they say to me, well, where'd you put them in church? See, um, the benefit of having this in the missions, this is they don't have this solid people around them. They have other people who are struggling, so it becomes very, very difficult. If they had this ability, you know, I thought, wouldn't it be great if God would anoint me for a Mount Carmel mission to teach the homeless to prophesy and pray in the Spirit and take them out of homelessness and raise up men and women, come on, and to do something. It dawned on Peter that he was 
this was really happening. It wasn't a vision. So he goes to the house and he knocks on the door. The gate is opened by itself. The chains are off. I'm dressed back in my calling. And he's banging on the door. The gate opens. The prison opens. The chains fell off. But the only place that won't open is the place where they're praying. Lucy, you got some explain to do. Rhoda says, Peter's out there. They're like, you're crazy. He's in prison. It must be his ghost. They believe in ghosts more than they believe in miracles. They explained it away by him being a ghost. Finally, they opened the door. People, I tell you in Jesus' name, the presence of God is knocking. New covenant, pick up your cloak. Pick up your cloak and get somebody set free. Transferring members from church to church to church to church that goes on around this country is not building the kingdom. Pick up your cloak, get to your nearest Walmart, and find somebody that needs a word from God. You say, what if they don't believe me? They'll talk about me. They're already talking about you. Don't you understand this? Already they're talking about you. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah.